This is the Raider Cup Nation podcast with your host, Alpha Mike, and the gang patrolling America's law enforcement beat. Now here's your weekly briefing on Raider Cup Nation. To episode number 66. I'm your host, Alpha Mike, Raider Cop Nation. Today we feature Bolo. Be on the lookout for, and we're going to discuss exactly what that Bolo is all about. But as always, if you want to get in contact with us, you know how to do so, and that's on Raider, RaiderCopNation.com. Scroll down to the bottom, the icons come up. And inner, you know, kind of connect with us, have questions, have concerns. We're definitely uh, looking forward to some input from our audience. The numbers are going up as well. The analytics are going up. Of course, when the happy holies are here, ho, 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 numbers go a little bit down. But we know that they're going to pick up traumatic, dramatically starting in January. And... Just a little bit on that. Don't forget we have, uh, I'm going to remind you of some of our upcoming series. Of course, right after this one, we're going to close out the year with the uh, 2018 review and what to expect in 2019. Now that show, you know, we launch every Wednesday. That one might get launched on the 27th, the 28th, Thursday, Friday, depending but it's going to get launched, and it's going to be just a short show. And we're going to kick off, of course, January 2nd. We're going to come in with Thanking God, another short show, dedicating it to God, why we do the podcast, a little bit of that ingredient goes in everything that we do. So we'll have a brief show on that. And then we roll up our sleeves and it's time to get busy January 9th with a six-part series, part number one starting January 9th, and that is the Who, What, Where, When, Why, and How series of Concealed Carry. And we're going to break each one of those elements down. Of course, our superhero calls will be with us on that long series, and I encourage you to pay attention if you're carrying concealed weapon holder, because it will definitely, you're going to get something out of those six series. Uh, January 16th, mentorship, coaching, and how important that is. January 23rd, public information officer, and that will be with our special guest host, Wonder Woman. Of course, we need a special code to try to contact her, and, and all, but we're working on it as we speak. And lastly, uh, January 30th, Detective for Hire with Kilo Sierra. Remember, he's a private detective, and he's going to tell us all the wonderful things and services that he can provide. Now, not only can you hire him, and that show's coming up January 30th, if anybody out there is listening, you're looking for a good gunsmith, well, we recommend Pistol Pete. Best in the country, hands down. You need fixing, he can fix it. You need upgrading, he can upgrade. You need painting, he can paint. You need polishing, he can polish. 
So whatever you need, Pete can do. Pete was the armor of hundreds, if not thousands, of law enforcement officers of Miami-Dade County, and I am one of them. I place my life in his hands every day. So I highly recommend him. Always, we will post his information on our show notes, and he is one of our superhero guests. We love him to death, and that is Pistol Pete, the gunsmith. We have a lot coming up on this episode. Bolo. Now, be on the lookout. Of course, that's a radio police jargon that you might get in your local community. And it's to let officers know that there's a specific item they need to pay attention to. So it sometimes becomes a poster or a wanted poster. That could be a bolo as well. Well, today, Raider Cop Nation, we're declaring another bolo. And it is something for us to be concerned at and looking at as as the year progresses into 2019. Now, specifically, I'm talking about, and I want to say a disclaimer before I get down to the nitty-gritty. The sheriff of Los Angeles County, uh, Los Angeles LASD, just elected a brand-new sheriff by the name of Alex Villanueva. And I've been... Recently following this, I was, I had heard something on the media that uh, certain people were running, but I wasn't really focused in or paying attention. Recently, one of my buddies down in Miami sent me um, the link of Sheriff Villanueva removing everybody of rank and having everybody of rank remove their insignias. So it caught my attention. Most certainly did especially when you're dealing with the largest sheriff's uh, office in America. So that was kind of unusual. Now, my disclaimer is, I want to say publicly, I like what I see, I like what I hear in Sheriff Villanueva. He is talking the talk that I believe all of us in those grunt positions have been rooting for for many years. But there's some trigger words that he says that has a slight concern in my person. I like what he's doing. I like what he says. I like the way he's playing the part. I like how he is transparent so far. I like how he's talking to the media which is also the public. But I'm concerned on some trigger words that he has said. What is one of the trigger words? Well, he says he is a long-life progressive. That is a concern. There's some other things they talk about, some jargoning here and there. We're going to post that on the show notes, not to bore the hell out of you. But some of them are are concepts that originate from our university and college systems. And it's about how to deal with corruption in governments. And I, I was just, I said, this guy sounds good, looks good. I'm I'm really I'm feeling it. 
I'm motivated about it, but something ain't right. Something just ain't right. It's like having an, a size 8 foot and trying to fit in to a size 10 or the other way around, having a size 10 foot and trying to fit in a size 8. Something isn't right. So we're going to keep our eye on it. But now, his bio, born in Illinois of Puerto Rican parents, raised in New York, I believe Rochester, maybe a year he did in New York City. Then he did another period of time, I think a decade in Puerto Rico. And joins the military, does his military assignment, and ends up in California. There he applies for the Los Angeles Sheriff's Office, does 32 years of service, and here we are today. So far, so good. Got nothing, you know, I, I, I got to think out of the box. I got I to gotta be optimistic. So um, there was a big issue in his election in over 100 years. Uh, the Los Angeles County has never had, in over 100 years, a Democratic sheriff. They've all been Republican, which by and large, you know, conservative uh, politicians or Republicans, if they're declared as sheriffs, are a little bit more uh, conservative, right-wing, if that's what you want to call it, opposed to the left. But a hundred years later, the voters of Los Angeles have voted in Alex Villanueva. Now, the controversy with the election, there was a recount, another recount, <coughs> excuse me, a, a double and a triple recount, no, no different from all these other places, Texas and, and Florida. I think Florida's still counting from when Gore, back in 2000, is still counting. But he eventually does win the election, and he got 53% of the vote of 1.2 million his opponent, McDonald, got 40, McDowell, excuse me, he got 47% of the vote. And um, in the long run, it wasn't even close. If he got 53%, uh, there was about a million votes that weren't counted. And that's an, another show, folks. That's another episode. What in the hell is going on with il our election departments in this country? All the votes are counted. If it even looks like it's going to be close, then they go, wait, we forgot the ballot, the mail-in ballot ones, and they turn out to be a gazillion of them? Something ain't right, and uh, I think it's time for some uh, soul-searching on election reform. Some of that has been do being done by design, by the way. So I talked about his bio. I talked about how close the race was. As a 32-year veteran of the Los Angeles Sheriff's Office, he had um, he started a union for the rank and file. I believe they have three or four unions that represent different, uh, you know, aspects of the agency. Or as a deputy, you can choose and pick uh, the one you want. Might be a little different in some other locations. There's only one union you can pick from. But here, out of uh, 18,000 employees, they can pick um, uh, various, uh, out of three or four uh, unions they can pick. He, is, he was the creator of one. 
So therefore, he was outspoken. He was outspoken about smoking in jails, I believe, in the early 90s, that might have been. And uh, so he wasn't a fair-haired child during his career. So far, I'm liking everything I'm saying. Uh, so now he's thrusted into this position. And they're partnering, and there's some issues with transparency, some community activists that want to know a little bit more about certain incidents in the Los Angeles area that have occurred with deputies. And there's issues with privacy versus transparency. And that could be a little bit overwhelming. But he capitalized on his election by saying that the incumbent sheriff, McDowell, was not really that transparent. And it sold to the Los Angeles uh, population. Now, we all know that they are left-swinging state, county as well. So they, he was saying things that they like. He's an advocate now. He's saying he will not be working with ICE or he will not allow ICE access to their jails. I have my own opinions on that and my own concerns with that as well. But we'll, we'll leave that. I believe we have a show in 2019 about ICE. And here he is. So he's saying the right things to the community. He's kind of the right fit in during his election process. But he wasn't the right fit for 32 years because he was somewhat of an outcast. He did reach the level of lieutenant, so he went from deputy to sergeant to lieutenant. So he is in that middle management position when he retires. But as I said, he wasn't the fair-head child, and that that is concerning in, in, in itself. A couple of things that he did on his first, second, third, fourth day of being sworn in was remove the entire executive command staff of his predecessor, McDowell, kind of told them they can all leave. And that in itself, for an agency with 18,000 employees, is a huge task. Uh, maybe a 2 or $3 billion operation to just dismiss people like that. It's a little scary. But he did it. He also told the rank and file to remove their insignia, so their brass on their uniforms for about five days from Tuesday to Sunday, I believe it was. And uh, he wanted not the brass speaking to the subordinates, but the person personal touch. And more of a stunt than anything else, I can understand where he's coming from. A little bit on the dangerous side as well. Because if something breaks out, nobody has any insignia. Imagine being a responding agency to that mess. That was a little crazy in my my eyes. But nevertheless, I understand where he's trying to come from. Sounds like he might have been uh, a little disgruntled from his past when he worked at the agency. Things that they might have overlooked him for or things that might have occurred but nevertheless, I'm not saying he's wrong. He's, he's, he is making a stand and a point.
Now, a couple of the things that he, he's got two huge things he's got to really deal with when he comes in as sheriff. But before we get to those, recently, uh, Police One and PoliceOne.com, they came up with a very interesting article what local or sheriffs and and chiefs of police have to be on the lookout for 2019. And these are going to be the what they consider the hot topics. So they give us a, a list of them, and uh, we're going to add to those as well. But they told us, number one, active shooter. Of course, we know from uh, Broward County and that fiasco that broke out there, some responded, some didn't, some set up a perimeter. There was obviously no dress rehearsals over at BSO when that broke out, being the laugh laughing stock of police work as a result of that tragedy. So that's the hot topic now. Is everybody on the same page? Is everybody getting the training they need? Is everybody really buying into what they're supposed to do? So active shooter response is, is high on the list. Transparency is another one with public records, what you can get, what you can't get. There have been some uh, cases around the nation that give privacy to certain officers and deputies, just like they would have extended to any other citizen. And so it's kind of in the middle type of thing, and it's a process that a lot of sheriffs and chiefs are going to have to deal with in the future. Uh, recruitment. People are out there that don't want to be police officers, folks, where it was a proven profession many years ago, well-paid, good benefits. Keep your nose clean. You could do 25, 20, 25, 30 years and retire. Now, all of a sudden, it's turned into a nightmare if you're filmed and placed on YouTube and you get a million hits within an hour. So recruitment is something that is very difficult, recruitment and retention, especially for agencies. And an agency as large as Los Angeles, and remember we had our, I believe that was our second episode, we talked to the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department about hiring practices, and they're still out there, still going out there looking for people. So that in itself is a, a difficult process and retaining them, and you want the best. So the question is, is there some flexibility in that recruitment? And then, of course, ICE. All agencies have to deal with ICE. Sheriff Villanueva here has made his statement with ICE. He does not want them in the jail. There is some legalities that have to be, or formalities, if as they want to call them, have to be ironed out before that happens. But obviously, he's the constitutional officer, sheriff of Los Angeles, so if he doesn't want ICE in the facilities, they're not going into the facilities. Uh, and this nonsense with sanctuary cities, of course, that's that's also, so it's ICE and the, the sanctuary nonsense, whether it's a state or a city. Uh, that one I can give you a position on not to waste any time. It's wrong, folks. If, if your federal government has failed to protect us from illegal aliens because they're crossing the border for the last 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years 
and they've been counted as 11 million illegals for the last 30 years, which is probably in the area of about 30 million now. But we keep on saying 11 million because it sounds good. The federal government has failed. So now when they're trying to do enforcement, we come up with these sanctuary cities like we're playing tag at the schoolyard and I touch base. So you can't, you can't capture me because I, I put my hand on base. So that sanctuary stuff, I don't know where the hell that comes from, but that's, that's a bunch of baloney. Now, what Villanueva is going to be faced with, two major issues in his administration is uh, body cameras that they're just instituting, the cost for that, the uploading of all that evidence material, which is cloud-based. These companies have a racket charging law enforcement agencies millions of dollars to store that stuff up there. It's, it's so freaking sad what they're doing. Uh, uh, right now you have an iPhone and you have a, an Android phone and you want to save your pictures. So there's this kind of selections you can use. You can use Google Drive or the iCloud-based uh, type storage, and you can send your pictures to the cloud, which, of course, people, anybody that's over 50 really doesn't understand how the cloud works, and I'm, I'm one of them. But this system now is also used in corporate America, and it's being used in law enforcement and the price tag that comes with it is astronomical, <clears throat> completely astronomical. So he's going to have to deal with that. He has picked uh, one manufacturer already, so they're ready to start rolling them out. <clears throat> now, during uh, Sheriff Villanueva's campaign, he accused uh, the incumbent of slow rolling out the cameras. And that could be true. Nobody wants to be scrutinized. So you kind of hold it off as long as you can. But I think that cameras now have become secondary on a police officer's uniform, just like the badge and the handcuffs. It is, it's more common now more than ever. It not only protects the citizen, but it also protects the officer. I'm not a proponent of it, don't get me wrong. I was subject to camera reviews, we'll say that, back in uh, as early as 1994. And we were one of the only law enforcement agencies in Miami-Dade that had to deal with that, my squad. And we made the camera work for us. Simple as that. So if I never got to use body cameras I was long gone before those things were rolled out. But I will tell whoever's listening, if you have a body camera, you need to make it work for you. That's it. If you're, if you're a potty mouth, guess what? No more potty mouthing. Simple as that. If you're a touchy-feely kind of deputy or officer, guess what? No more touchy-feely. Simple as that. You know, does it curtail the way you might have worked? Yeah, sure it does. And, uh, you know, I'm not naive to how policing was and is, but things change. And so if the camera is good for me, then it's good for the bad guy, too, when he becomes potty mouth and touchy feeling, and we can use it against him, too. The officer's got to have a keen eye. 
as soon as he sees that the subject has violated the law, he needs to close that gap real quick and make sure he's got it on his camera. And um, the rest will be part of an arrest form, and that would be that. The other item that Sheriff Villanueva has to handle is a detention facility that they're creating in Los Angeles in a place called Mariloma. And the the cost for this jail will be between one to two billion dollars. Uh, all right, you thought that the football stadium was expensive? Yeah, okay. So this and to, the yearly in order to fund this jail with staff and all the resources will cost between 162 that you'll never see that number folks that's like the introductional office when you go to buy a car they tell you only 19,000 but when you get there oh you want you want a radio you want air conditioning and then it balloons well same thing here so the it's going to go from 162 to 300 million I'm going with plus $300 million to run the day-to-day operation on that bad boy. Those are some huge things. They're under scrutiny by the Department of Justice, too. So the Los Angeles Sheriff's Office has a lot to fix. You're thinking, did he fire six shots or only five? Now, <clears throat> drink of water, folks. Drink of water. The Sheriff's Department <clears throat> has been under scrutiny for a while by obstructing of justice and uh, this issue with uh, abusing prisoners and so forth. And a lot of it is malarkey. Don't, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. Some of it, one or two isolated cases may not. But like everything, everybody's got to pay the piper. There's not just one or two people that are going to pay. So that's what you're seeing now, and that's why the big price tags on this stuff just to get yourself out of the Department of Justice investigation hole, hell hole, will cost you an estimated $50 million just to crawl your head out from, from underneath ground. And you're not even clear and free yet. And as you see here that the uh, Sheriff's Department in Los Angeles is looking to spend up to $2 billion on the jail. Some big numbers there. Now, one of the issues that really caught me is a medium that is being used by a lot of agencies. And on prior episodes, we've talked about the political hacks. Now, I'm going to make another disclaimer. I am not saying that Alex Villanueva here is a political hack because he came out of nowhere. He honorably served for 32 years, retired, ran, had a shot like in the dark that he would win this and he actually pulled it off. And so I don't think he's anybody's hack. Again, there are those key words that are concerning to me, like progressive, and they scare the pants off of me. But there are organizations out there that write things like this. And I'm going to read you a quote from one of their um, brochures of the guiding principles, guiding principles on use of force. And here you go. Police executive, this comes from the Police Executive Research Forum. And here's their quote. Rethinking some fundamentals of po- policies, 
training, tactics, and equipping equipment regarding use of force. The word rethinking is a huge question mark. What do you mean by rethinking? Here's another question I have. Who are the thinkers in the room? Now, we just covered trainer versus subject matter expert. And we discussed is if you teach use of force and you teach legal aspects of use of force and you are a lawyer by a lawyer by trade, but you've never worn a uniform and you've never been part of that in your experience as a professional. In other words, you've never been a cop before. And you have never had the experience of wearing a gun and getting into a fight, executing force. You're not a subject matter expert. I don't care how many law books you can read. You are not there yet because you have not lived the experience, which is the phenomenological aspect of what I just said. And that's another show, folks. Hold your horses. We're getting there one at a time. So the Police Executive Research Forum is part of that DOJ agreement, the Department of Justice and the Los Angeles Sheriff's Office. Now, I'm not saying that the Police Executive Research Forum has a bunch of commies on it. It has some, but not all. It does have some people that are off the left field. Now, I want to get a little deeper with this, and I'm not going to hurt anybody's feelings by mentioning freaking names. But there have been a lot of people that I've regarded as my friends, which have reached positions of authority. I would say probably from chief on up. Chief, I mean, within the high executive level of that agency, not actually chief as in you're in charge. It might be two or three uh, layers down from the actual boss. And on up all the way to chief as the boss and sheriff. And I have seen actions that are concerning to me. And I've stated on some other episodes I really have a problem with chiefs of police and sheriffs going around the country advocating against the Second Amendment and then telling us, well, you know, we're not for gun control, but people really don't need rifles. or People shouldn't really have whatever. Well, thanks a lot, but I don't need your freaking opinion. That troubles me. You're here to enforce the law. Imagine, if you will, the Supreme Court of the United States all of a sudden just ramblingly picking any amendment they want and saying, well, you know what, I really don't like it. I don't think we should have it. And and, and then say, well, you know, I'm just, I'm doing my job. Let me go back to my corner. But I've already stepped in doo-doo when I made the statement. So I have a problem with that as well, and I think that uh, these sheriffs are overstepping their boundaries, these chiefs of police as well. Obviously, some of them are motivated politically. Some are being told what to do. They play 
or maybe a mayor or somebody plays the music and they do the dancing. So that would explain who's who in that tango. Now, uh, as we stated, there have been various cases with the Department of Justice. I believe uh, the Los Angeles Sheriff's Office has three, if I'm not mistaken, investigations from the Department of Justice, and some of them range more than 20, 30 years. Some have been closed, reopened. So it's kind of a mess there. I do say, and I'll say it again, I like the way Villanueva speaks. I like the way he is focused. I like how he's taken charge, for, especially from a guy that never... I mean, if you, if you had the odds, he would not have won, but he did. And he, as soon as he hit the ground, he was running. So I'm impressed by that. I'm just scared of the trigger words. Like, what is it in the back, boys and girls? Correct, progressive. They are troubling words. So... What I want to look at, and we will continue to post you on Sheriff Alex Villanueva's administration as we do our podcast. In no means do I want to pick on him. I want to give him the fair benefit of the doubt. I always will because I see him as the underdog. But sometimes when you look at somebody as the underdog, you have to wonder, was he scripted to be the underdog? Or is he really the underdog? So we're going to keep our eye on him. Don't forget. And uh, before we close out the show, we're going to have a, a brief conversation. I am hoping to do this show in, give me a second here. I believe we were going to do this show sometime in January. And I don't see it now. Give me one second. Yeah, there's going to be a change in the in the January schedule, and I don't know what it, which one. I I believe it's in mentorship. And we are going to have a show on this uh, issue that's growing out of the state of New Jersey and banning retired officers with certain types of ammunition. Now, if this is the craziest freaking thing that can ever happen, some of my sentiments on this, of course, from the outside looking in, how in the hell did this happen? Where are all the unions that represent uh, all these agencies? And how did the retired guys get slammed that some of them might be breaking the law. Every time I hear that or read that in a news article, I cringe. Might be breaking the law, retired officers, by carrying hollow point rounds. That's scary. So we're going to have an episode on that um, coming up. Oh, I'm sorry. I got a little note here. February 13th. Ding, ding, ding. So that will be our show, February 13th, uh, Disarming and Confusing America on Firearms. Of course, with who? Kilo Sierra. 
which is our expert private investigator, range master, don't forget, from the state of New Jersey. You got it. So we're going to have Kilo come on and discuss all this, what we like to say, mango. what in the hell's going on in the state of New Jersey with this stuff. Now, by the time he probably comes on here, there'll be some type of understanding of what you can and cannot do. But my primary question is, how did the hell did we get in this place and in this position in the first place? And is this a trend that's coming? So we're going to keep our eye on that. Now, our show notes will highlight some of these stories from New Jersey so you can catch up. Remember, that show will be February 13th with Kilo Sierra, and that will be episode number 74, 74. And we will talk about that. So, I've, I've real again, disclaimer, third disclaimer here. So far, I like the way Sheriff Villanueva speaks, talks, the role he's doing. But something is telling me, hmm. Well, let's just keep our, our eye on him. Uh, by the way, he's already made his first decision, <clears throat> and body cameras will roll out the first quarter of 2019 for the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. That's a big deal because they've been kind of behind the eight ball and rolling that out. So, Bolo, Bolo, number episode number 66. We're going to have more Bolo shows, and they will detail certain things that we're picking up. You know. I, I was recently thinking about this. I remember seeing Director Comey on uh, some news program, might have been 60 Minutes, and I'm going back four or five years ago. And I remember saying, wow, I'm impressed with this guy, only to find out later on he's nothing more than a political hack that may have disrespected the United States Constitution beyond recognition and may be indicted soon. I also remember Bob Mueller, the former director of the FBI, and his military service, Vietnam veteran. I'm impressed with that guy too, only to learn that he's a political hack and he's He's not doing an investigation. He's creating a political screenplay. And this is disheartening. Well, I'm also seeing certain left-wing sheriffs and chiefs of police out there. And I'm not going to name them uh, now because it's not the time. And, and it's not going to do any good. Look, you can be left-swinging left sw- chief of police or a sheriff, but your record's going to say who you are. Policing isn't the same as politics, and it will always be very difficult whether you're right-wing or left-wing personal views to swing the agency because you only have one role, and that's to enforce the law. Of course, with left-swinging executives will be more notable with some of the things that they allow and disallow officers to do 
while right wing will be conservative and just stay within the bubble of normalcy. So we're going to reserve on saying who they are, but we're going to start looking at them and expect in 2019, 2020, and on down shows that are going to be called Bolo. Bolo, be on the lookout for, and we're going to sound an alarm, and we're going to tell you what to look out for. This show is only a warning for the next 60 seconds. This is only a drill. It's not the real thing, folks, but we're watching in case it turns into the real thing. Don't forget. www.raidercopnation.com. Of course, there's where you can always look us up. You can go to Raider Cop Nation on Twitter, Raider Cop Nation on Facebook, and we are there. We are looking forward for you to connect with us. Our numbers and analytics are moving up. We're happy about that. And we're fastly approaching the end of this year. I always will be grateful for my co-host for lending me their valuable time and coming on and speaking with the audience with their fields of expertise. 2019 will be a season where we're really, really going to hit the, 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 the concrete running. So expect a, a lot of dramatic shows in that and this coming year. Again, that show will be our next one. It might not go out to 26 because I might be on, um, on the move, but it will be posted either on the 27th or 28th, but it will get posted by the end of the year. And it will kind of talk about what we did and what we're doing and where we're going. So, as always, folks, it is my honor and my privilege to come out on these humble, uh, this humble medium and allow you the opportunity to listen to this old time and just babble on. You are important to us enough that we continue to mentor you we know that there are a lot of people out there listening because we see those numbers, and we thank you for it. It has been my pleasure and my honor to be your host on Raider Cop Nation. Remember always to bless you or yourself, your community, to bless your agency that serves you, and to bless the United States of America. Alpha Mike. Signing off. And guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America.
Four three two three, chest side thirteen twenty two. 